like me, Lee Murray, wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to another Orange Weekly post-game podcast. Today, Tanner and I are going to be breaking down the embarrassing loss uh the Raiders beating the Broncos 37-2-12 with a injured Drew Locke a ton of other issues and mistakes and turnovers led the Raiders to be able to just stomp on the Broncos today so of course that's nothing we ever want to hear when it comes to the Raiders or any game for that matter uh, but Tanner and I are going to talk about it all and we're glad you're here with us in the post-game podcast so let's get to it Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's going on, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Dan back for another edition of the Orange Weekly postgame podcast. Kevin, we've we've done quite a few of these episodes, but I, I got to admit, this one, uh, going into this one, my head's kind of all over the place going into this one. Not good places this- either. The silence is not your podcast not working. The silence you're hearing is all the profanity that I want to use. <laughs> Perfectly put. Uh, there's a lot of thoughts and emotions we want to express that we just can't. So uh, we'll see oh, how this man. episode goes. Some of it might come out. <laughs> 37 to 12, a loss to the silver and black in Vegas. The first trip the Broncos have made to Vegas to play against the Raiders and yeah. Oh, uh, Wolf just uh it it started bad on the first the very first play of the game. Yeah. And uh didn't really 100%. get too much better. Uh, Speaking of the very first play of the game, I think a highlight for sure is the special teams. And for as bad as our offense did, the special teams did not do anything to help them out. I mean, Spencer on that first kickoff running backwards five yards was like, dude, where do you think you're going? Yeah. He <laughs> like wasn't at this going point, like they're Spencer. crashing down on you. You're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. Especially the first kickoff of the game, just get as much yardage and just, just bail, just go down. I mean, you killed the offense. I mean, you yep. put them clear back in the penalty post clear back at the one yard line. I mean, I, I was uh, watching the game with some buddies. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. On an opening mm-hmm. kickoff, where the team then starts to drive for the one yard line. No, nope. um, no, nope. yeah, yeah. Special teams, man. How how many times do we? I mean, it's every week we're bringing this up. When's yeah. enough enough? I, I mean, if you had asked me, that would have been like two or three weeks oh ago. Yeah, it um, it's not getting better. It's getting worse. <laughs> it's getting worse. That's the thing. And um, yeah, if you're starting at it within your five yard line on multiple drives, there's only so much your offense can do. Mm-hmm. But if you notice the teams are now kicking off to us perfectly around the one yard line to two yards deep on purpose, yep. they are doing that on purpose because they know how we're going to just shoot ourselves in the foot with any type of return. And if I'm Spencer or if I'm whoever the returner is, and that ball is close to the even close to bouncing into the end zone. Let it go. Yeah. If you're if you're one or two yards deep and you ca- and you catch that ball, kneel. What are you doing at this point? It's got it. Somebody somewhere has got to be saying, guys, it's not working. Let's yeah. just stop doing that, and we'll be doing better by starting at the twenty five yard exactly. line. You They're know? giving up free yardage, trying to think they can bust one. Um, it is not working. We haven't even been close to busting one all year, if I remember no. correctly. I, I no. maybe I'm wrong, but I can't remember. I, I had maybe one, yeah, maybe but... one somewhere, but not enough 
to be giving up the free yardage. But, uh, I mean, besides Brandon McManus, who is the MVP of the Broncos today because he had um, six of the 12 points. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, he, he's been a bright spot special teams. Besides that, that's just a unit that's just getting worse and worse every week. And when's it going to come time to, okay, Tom McMahon, it's, it's time to go. It's time. This isn't working. It's time to kind of time to cut ties. So with with all the fan base calling for everybody's heads, I think if you want to start, if if you're the Broncos front office and you want to start showing some sort of progress, or hey, we we understand the situation we're in, we see what the deficiencies are, and you want to take that first step to letting Broncos country know that you you recognize it is letting him go. Yep, I agree. 100%. There's, what is it going to hurt? You know, like, oh, well, there's no real other better options for special teams coach. Okay, one, it's special teams. And two, we are dead last in the league by a lot. It cannot get any worse. (laughs) Yeah, dead last right there. That's that's a good reason right there. If if, if somebody's looking for a reason, well, why should special teams coach be fired? It's been dead last for a couple weeks now. not showing any signs of getting better. Um, and like you said, if, if they're looking to shake things up a little bit and make a move, that's a move that can improve your team, but yet not send huge shockwaves, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And if anything, it's people will look, would look at that and say, yeah, um, okay, they're they're doing something about yeah. it. Yeah. Versus, okay, are they even trying? You know, mm-hmm. And not mm-hmm. to say that that would quell any of the – the calls mm-hmm. for Elway's job or Fangio's job. But I think at least for me sitting here, I'd say, okay, well, at least they recognize something, mm-hmm. something needs to be done. And that is by far the weakest area. I I'd say special teams is weaker than offense. Yeah. I would say uh, consistently. Yeah. Consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but again, when you're starting at the five yard line or less on multiple drives, when it, an offense this young, that's already struggling, you can't expect them to go down the yards and uh, go down the field 95 yards, sure. you know, multiple times, or at least get in a field goal range on each of those. I mean, if this was, you know, some, the new Orleans saints or, you know, some other really well-established offense that, you know, has the depth and the knowledge and the experience. Okay. That's different. But with a team this young and offense this young, no. And so all you're doing is making things that much worse for, the offense, but it's also really, really hurting the defense at that point as well. Yeah, it's just missing the small details, really. This team, quite frankly, right now at three and six, it's not good enough to be able to miss the small details. Um, and I read a stat today, and I'm sure we can get into this a little more later, but this is the fourth consecutive year the Broncos have had a three and six record during the season. Mm-hmm. That. Yep. It's beyond frustrating. Yeah, I don't even really know the right words to say about that. Um, it's beyond frustrating. What needs a change? Something's not working. Something's if, off. Something. I'm sure it's not just something. It's a lot. Right. Of things. It's but a lot of things. It's like, and, and, and I'm not trying to get too far ahead of, ahead of ourselves here, but we look at the next couple of weeks. I mean, our offense the last two weeks, our team overall, but especially the offense, um, aside from special teams, has looked pretty poorly against Atlanta in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Two defenses that are not very good. Mm-hmm. Well, next week you got Miami coming in. Oh, that's town. an easy team. Very good oh. defense. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, of I'm course. It's kind of, yeah. I'm in denial of how yeah, good they it. are because. No, it's frustrating. Trust me. One of my best friends is Miami fan. He's actually got something to cheer for for once. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're young and their defense is top 10, if not borderline top five. I mean, they're, they're legit. They played well today against the Chargers. And uh, right. I mean, their offense is young, and, and Tua's made some, some mistakes here and there. And I think I think our defense could capitalize on that next week. But I, I'm ner- I, I'd be lying if I if I said I'm not very concerned about our offense going up against that defense. And then if mm-hmm. a week after that, you got New Orleans, which you already hit. It's a, a good veteran team, which uh, don't know the health of Drew Brees. That would pick a pretty nasty hit today. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the schedule's not getting any easier. That's what that's where I'm trying to get at. I mean, no. from here on out, it's going to be a fight every week, and uh, I, it just um, this one really really hit me in the stomach when it came comes to my uh, confidence about this team going forward and uh, mm-hmm. trying to stay stay positive. But it's uh, it's getting it's getting tough. So I mean, the last couple games, you know, we were 
really close, you know. Yeah, sure. the Falcons game, maybe some garbage time yards and stuff there, but still, like we ended up fairly close. This one, the fact it got so miserable, you know, uh, the entire third quarter we didn't have a single first down. It was nine. It was uh, what six minutes into the fourth quarter before we got a single first down in the entire second half. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things. And if, if you're trying to point to something that's going to magically fix things right now, there isn't one you you're saying, Oh, throw ripping in, just throw ripping in that it's not going to make anything better. You know? Oh, well, if we had, if we just had Von Miller, that wouldn't make it any realistically any better than it is. And you look at, well, you know, how, how come Herbert's doing so good and two is doing so good. Well, yeah, but they have a more experienced offense around them, you know, a more well-established offense, uh, offensive coordinator that's been around for a while. The players around them understand the playbook better. Uh, they have years of experience, at least, you know, most of the positions versus us. We're incredibly young, incredibly young. And so, yeah, while, is that a good note? It's not a good excuse for Drew Locke's performance today by far, but there is some validity still in, you know, Hey, let's, we got to give this guy a chance to um, prove he needs to stay, but it is tough at this point, looking at this performance to not say, well, of course we're going to give him three or four more years. You know, it starts to raise my eyebrows at least. I, I still think it is. Uh, you give him the rest of the year and hope oh, yeah. it turns around, but I'm right there with you. It's, it's not, Today was two step two steps backwards. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a step backwards. Today was two steps. Back. I mean, four inter- he did through one touch on about four interceptions. It was awful. I mean, yep. just forcing throws, throwing off the back foot. And, and let's be honest, um, the one drive he was looking really good on, um, right at the end of the first half, then he throws the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there was that holding call on the touchdown that he ran in that really – uh, Noah Fant probably didn't need a hold. It was probably no. going to be a touchdown anyway. But, there was uh, way, there's plenty of different different uh, distance between Noah Fant and Drew Locke on that play. But the one thing we couldn't do was turn it over. I mean, at worst case scenario, we needed three points there. Make it a one-point game going into half, and we throw yep. a pick. Um, yeah, Drew just was awful today. Just wasn't good. The, yeah, the offensive line struggled a little bit, but I just thought this was by far his worst game. He's played in the Broncos uniform. It's very concerning. Um is Pat Shermer and him is the marriage between him and Pat Shermer the problem? I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't think Pat Shermer, his offense definitely isn't going over as smoothly as we had all hoped. I don't think that's a, yeah. that's a secret by any means, but um, I think you got to give Drew the rest of the year, but I think the concerns are valid right now and the conversations yeah. are valid to be had and start thinking, okay, if he's not the guy, you know, if the play doesn't get better, I think John's got to look in a different area and and it's, it's frustrating because it's like, here we go again, potentially. No, exactly. And I mean, now you're talking about, okay, well, if we get another quarterback through the draft, um, cool. We're starting that, that rebuild clock over again. And now you're looking at at least one full year, if not two years before this quarterback really starts to establish himself. And for the people that want a new head coach and more particular, a new GM, Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's going to happen. I can't read through a crystal ball. I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> um, if if Elway was to go, you know, by his own choice or not, um, now all of a sudden we're looking at a rebuild between three to five years, probably. Oh, easy because back on the entire vision, and there isn't really a good vision because there is no owner right now. Exactly. But what is coming from John Elway? You replace that. I mean, you are talking about not just the coaching staff or you're talking about the entire front office head to toe. The only thing that really is going to remain intact in any way, shape or form is the, the Pat Bolin trust and they suck. I hate them all. They are not doing any good. And the Bolin family fighting amongst each other, they're not doing any good, but uh, I mean, you're three to five years if you're lucky because the way, you know, teams get new owners every now and then it's not an uncommon practice, you know, but the the reason that we would replace John Elway is, I mean, beyond a total rebuild. I mean, you're talking about the entire team uh, organization as a whole needing to re-identify themselves, their goals, their, I mean, the goal is ours, always a Super Bowl, right? But uh, how to go about getting there, a new strategy, players are going to go, you're going to get rid of good players because it doesn't fit the new owners and the new GM strategies and everything, right? So 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a total shakeup, you know. Would we cut Cortland Sun? Maybe. Would we let Von, go- Von Miller go? Maybe. What about um, uh, uh, Simmons? He could go. What about Noah Fant? You like him? He could go. Um, Philip Lindsay, and that's something we want to talk. I want to talk about in a little bit. But you're talking about these big – and you're talking about whenever the – uh, cuts for the 53 man roster come every year and always worried about a surprise cut, right? Imagine how, how you feel when we lose a big name in that. Well, now imagine that we lose multiple of those names in order to build cap space, to rebuild every piece of the puzzle. I mean, it, it would be just incredibly painful. I mean, and, beyond painful. And really, I don't think Broncos country is patient enough. No, I mean, no. I, I hate saying that, but I love the fans. Yeah. I do. I'm one of them too. And I, I can, I know I'm impatient, but sure. being able to take that step back and say, here's where we are in the process is different than just, why aren't we winning right now? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because if, if you, if you have to take those, you know, if all that happens, you got to go three to five years, you're building. Well, look at where we are right now. We are behind easily behind Kansas city. Right now, we're probably behind Vegas a little bit. Look what they did today. They dominated us today. And if they keep going on this track, they're going to make the playoffs for the second time in I don't know how many years. Well, since we have. Um, I still think we're ahead of the Chargers, but it looks like they have a good quarterback to or a young quarterback they can potentially build around. Mm-hmm. Don't know if we have that yet. Yeah. So we're still kind of the outlier right now in the AFC West. And then you're going to tack on three to five years rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's that's rough to ask, but uh, yeah, I mean, in looking at the quarterback options, I don't even know if going through the drafts the right move, but I don't know who's going to be available in free agency. Right. I mean, but that, but then again, okay, we go through free agency, and then yeah. what? We have somebody for a couple years. Yeah, I know. And we try to build a team around them, and then we get a quarterback through the draft. Yeah, um, and then we're starting over again. And so that's the thing is you have to find one organically, and it is incredibly hard to sure do. Is. Sure is. I mean, right now, and a lot can change from now till April, but right now, assuming he comes out, Trevor Lawrence, of course, he's got to be number one. That's not going to happen. That, yeah. Well, unforeseen something crazy happening, that's not going to happen for the Broncos. It's probably going to yeah. be the Jets. And if you don't want to play for the Jets, then, well, man, then maybe maybe an LA scenario comes up. <laughs> but uh, Justin Fields from Ohio State, he's probably number two. He, he'd be a great one. Um, but after that's the question mark. It's like then there's a bunch of guys. There's Trey Lance from – um, either North Coast State or South Coast State. I get those two mixed up all the time, mm-hmm. but he's from one of those schools. Kyle Trask from Florida, he's having a good year. Um, then there's just a bunch of guys I don't even know if they're first-round worthy, you know, and that's yeah. that's where we get in that kind of area. It's hard to find a good quarterback after the first round. It's doable. Absolutely it's doable, but right. historically the Broncos haven't had the greatest success at doing that. So, But like you said, yeah, free agency, though, if you if you grab one, that might just be a couple year fix. I don't know, but uh, yeah, hard telling what's going to happen. And and hopefully we don't have to worry about that. Hopefully Drew turns things around, and we're like, okay, he's our guy at least going forward for the foreseeable future. But after today, it's hard to yeah. come out and say that right away because I, you can tell he's losing confidence. You can tell yeah. out there. I mean, he, he and he took some shots today, and like we don't know how injured he really is. He was obviously in some pain today, yeah. but. Uh, but you can tell his confidence is really starting to go yeah. downhill. And, and and I don't think it probably helps that you got some national guys on his case, like Colin Cowards, actually. He's making it a point now every week to, oh, how did Drew Locke play this week? And Colin, yeah. after in the preseason, he was praising the Broncos as his dark horse team and praising Drew Locke, and he liked him. Now he doesn't <laughs> like him anymore. So, right. so, of course, you have that in – I mean, this is a weird year without many fans attending games and, and, and still – you're struggling and it's still hearing boo birds and everything from different directions. So, so we'll see what happens. I, I don't think, I think it's too early to jump off the train, but um, I, I think, I think the uh, conversations are definitely valid to have. Right. And, and if I was Ray and putting money down on a, on a rager, if you guys haven't checked out that new podcast, please do uh, for sports betting stuff. I would bet a lot of money that, that, uh, you'll see Drew Lock back next year. That's kind of a, this is it, dude. Like this is your make or break year. You know, yep. you got five, six games at the end of your first season. You played the vast majority of your second season. You haven't really turned around yet, but here, here's a full healthy team. You've had a full off season. 
you yourself are healthy. This is a this is the same playbook and everything you've seen is from last year. So that's why I don't think we're going to get rid of Fangio or Shermer. We're going to give Drew Locke a completely clean slate with everything in place, no excuses. And if you can't cut it, then we'll have our answer. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. And and for everybody wanting to uh, get rid of Shermer, which I was very frustrated with a few things he did today, but yeah, we've we've had new coordinator every year the past, I think five years. I mean, do we really want to continue that tread? Um, no. Yeah. Well, that's if you want an answer for if Drew Locke is the guy or not, you bring back every piece, uh-huh. get a couple more in the draft. You bring back Sutton, you get the defense healthy. You have the full off season being able to practice and study the, the playbook, uh, go through, look at, you know, game tape and everything and still be able to apply it to Pat Shermer's offense. Uh, and you have zero, zero reason to not do well uh, in your th- essentially third year at that point. And so that's what I'm saying is people, you know, we're, we're over here saying, look, you got to give him time. And people are like, well, how much time do you need? Uh, here's the timeline for my book. You give him all of next year. If that doesn't work, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't get all of next year. If you bring back all the pieces and he's not getting it done halfway through the year, then maybe you. Yeah. Say, okay, and whoever the backup is, bring them in. But if you bring in Brent Rippon right now, once, once, if, 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 they, if, if there is a point in a, up one of the upcoming games where the game's not out of reach and you pull him and bring Rippon in, it's done. You yeah. can't, you can't turn back from that, no. in my opinion. So, you know, I don't, I don't foresee that coming uh, due to Fangio's post game comments where he, he pretty much even acknowledged that Drew's not playing well. Now he's in a funk and he needs to fight through this, but he said he believes he will get better with the more playing time he's out there and that he's kind of their guy and they're going to stick with him. Um, That's the right call. Yeah. I, I, he, I thought he handled that question very well. So, yeah. because uh, they're going to get that question every day now. It's just, yep. it's just something they can't hide from. So no, hundred yeah. percent. But I think even going into the off season, there's going to be a lot of questions and speculating on what we're going to do. If we're going to draft quarterback, I'm going to think, no, you know, like you said, Trevor Lawrence. And after that, eh, are we going to draft a quarterback in the first round just to draft one? Or are we going to best the, the next guy available based on our needs? And John Elway's not going to freak out. He's not going to pick some random quarterback, you know, while missing mm-hmm. a, a definite number, a first round pick, you know. So that's all of this together is why well, I completely agree. You got it. If he's already having confidence issues, putting Rippin in is not going to help yeah, good, in any yeah. way, shape, or form. He is not going to be able to bounce back. And like you said, then you're committed to that point. Mm-hmm. Then if you start Drew Locke again, I'm like, wait, why are you, you starting him? He wasn't good enough in that game. Why yeah, you don't want to start the topsy-turvy quarterback stuff. That gets very annoying very quick and doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. But uh, let's, let's hit on Phil Lindsay. You kind of mentioned him uh, a few minutes ago. Yeah, go go ahead and kind of let's, let's hit on what you want to talk about there. <sighs> I get why we brought in Melvin Gordon and I get that we had to pay him a lot because free agent. I I get that. Yeah. Um, I, we talked about it during that whole preseason and the first part of the season, you know, it's a one, two punch. Uh, They complement each other. Well, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, especially last few weeks is it seems like they've made an internal decision somewhere to just, essentially go with Melvin Gordon as the clear number one running back where you have Philip Lindsay who didn't get a contract negotiated, re-signed this last year to get money that he clearly deserved after his first two seasons being a thousand yard rusher. Um, And now it seems like if you're asking, if you're asking me, I think they're giving him the shaft 100%. I think they are screwing him over. And if you're trying to give him a reason to stick around after his contract, you are not giving him one. And so if you ask me, you're prioritizing Melvin Gordon over Philip Lindsay. And if Philip Lindsay leaves for, as of right now, what I would think is very justifiable reasons, that's probably the one thing I, that would drive me to call for Elway's head. hundred percent. That's probably the one thing. What I want to the, be told that's going on. I want to either hear that he's more banged up than we know yeah. or something internally is going on. Cause those are the only two scenarios that make sense to why he's not getting more touches than he is. Yeah, he is the heart and soul, in my opinion, of this offense. He's yeah. one of the few guys on this team that will fight every single and give it their all every single down. I don't think the Broncos have enough of those players on this team right now. No, and and yet, yeah, like you said, it feels like they're just they made up their mind that Melvin's the guy, probably because of money. 
I don't yeah. know, but I just don't understand it. I think Phillips the better running back for this team, and I couldn't blame the guy if he wants to walk right yeah. now because maybe the Broncos thinking, oh, he's the hometown kid. We did him a favor by picking him up. He's been a Broncos fan his whole life. I don't think that's going to matter at the end of the no. day. At the end of the day, you still didn't draft the kid. Right. You could have. You liked him enough to make sure to go pick him up right after the draft, but you didn't draft him, and I think that kind of ticked him off originally when yeah. – it came down to Baltimore and Denver, and his mom talked him into choosing Denver. Yeah. So because he kind of didn't want to go there at first, he's like, "No, nah, they didn't want me. Why should I want to go there?" So I think they need to keep that in their back of their minds. And like you said, Kev, I think uh, they better keep this guy happy because, trust me, I could just see him going to a team that he knows is going to play the Broncos at least, or stay in the AFC somewhere where he knows he can play with the Broncos. And he'd be a pain in our ass to go against. And I don't want that. I like him. I think he runs hard. I think he's a good fit for our team and the culture. And I'm afraid they're making a big mistake. Yep. You talked about being one of the only guys on offense that would give it 100% every time. Mm-hmm. I think that also transfers to the the contract side of, side of things as well. You know, he has he was Broncos fan his whole life. The Broncos, while it wasn't through the draft, like you said, gave him the opportunity through uh, the college free agency pickup. And I think he's one of those guys who, are, you know, he would not blink an eye twice to take a, a decent hometown discount, you know? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, I know I could get offers for much more other places, but this is my team. I'm faithful. I'm loyal. Uh, and you're using me and it's working and, it, you know, I'm, I'm being effective in games. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay around in Denver. Um, but if you're not even utilizing him, you're, to me, it looks like they kind of just, threw him in they're just like yeah just go stand over there dude you know they put uh royce freeman out there before philip Lindsay this game they did you know melvin gordon went down and i was like okay there's philip Lindsay standing on the sideline i'm like okay i even said in our group chat okay it's time philip Lindsay, and i was like oh shucks darn i mean i don't want gordon to be hurt but now that means we have to use philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. right and then mm-hmm. they put put royce freeman out there yep. and if that's not a slap to the face to Lindsay, i don't know what is that's why I'm really hoping there's some injury we don't know about or something. Cause that's the only thing that, from my stamp eyeball standpoint, that makes sense. Um, and, and how about the, did we forget about Melvin Gordon in the DUI situation? I'm oh, really yeah. surprised the NFL hadn't come out with any punishment. And if they're going to the Broncos have to know it's coming and they're still playing him as the number one running back. So it's very head scratching situation. The whole thing. And, and like I said, what I'm curious about, and does his contract end this year? Um, for Philip Lindsay. Well, I'm trying to think. How many years is this? His third or fourth year? Uh, this is his third year. Um, but and I'm going to look. I would at think it's here. next year. Then I think rookie okay. contracts are four years. But he was undrafted, so I'm not sure if his contract's a little different or not. Yeah, so I'm going to look it up here. But okay. um, the look if they don't change things this year or next year, uh, yeah. Uh, so. Going into 2021, he's a restricted free agent. Okay. So, you know, this year he signed all the way through, but, you know, being a restricted free agent going to next year, this is where you're talking about oof, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. I just I can't imagine us losing Philip Lindsay, and if we do that, if I'm John Elway, and look, it's Coach Angel's team. I'm not going to dictate anything, but I'm going to I'm going to be asking questions. Why are you not playing Philip Lindsay? You know. And if there was some injury or something, okay, well, why don't you just tell us? Like then that makes more sense, right? But we're sitting here going, where's this guy that you know was a thousand yard rusher the last two seasons? Why? And if he's he's not listed as questionable or injured in any of the injury reports, why is he not out there? And I think that's probably my next big focus. The next few games is, are they using him? And if not, I hate to say it, but I would not anticipate Philip Lindsay sticking around. You know, he has a kid either on the way or recently born. Um, and yeah, yeah. He recently born. Yep. Okay. Recently mm-hmm. born. So now he has a family to think about. And yep. if the Broncos are going to treat him like trash, then he's going to go somewhere else that was going to pay him well and use his talents to, to help the team. And I really think the rest of the way forward, because let's be honest here, unless the Broncos really get red hot, we're not going to make the playoffs. I think that's no. safe to say. We're three and yeah. six. I mean, we got to get really red hot. Basically got to win out probably um, with the way some of the other AFC teams are playing um, at the moment. But um, we got to we got to show we're moving in the right direction for these guys that are um, do have free agency upcoming. Justin Simmons, a couple other guys. 
if we prove that we're not coming up on some winning ways, why would they want to stick around? Shelby they Harris. Go get money. Yeah, Shelby Harris, especially, who's already kind of tried to um, test the Jump waters. Around. Yeah. Um, when they can go get similar money, if not a little more, to a team that's already winning or, or is closer to a winning stage than we are. So yeah. that's, that's another thing that's going to impact us going forward. Yep. So uh, this is hopefully I'm freaking out over nothing. Yeah, hopefully we are, mean, but it's, those are the type of conversations we have to have on this podcast. I think going forward, we got to, we kind of got to speculate on things and yeah. not Being halfway through the year. It's, it's time to start looking at those things. And I said, if there's a concern I have over drew lock or the coaching staff or special teams looking forward, that is my number one concern is what is Philip Lindsay going to do? Cause you know, teams are going to be throwing money at him. I mean, <laughs> if he wants to test yep. the waters, there are teams that are going to be incredibly interested. And so, you know, if he's just getting, going to get paid to stay on the sidelines. No, no, I'm yep. going to go take one more money and to actually get to play my game yep. somewhere else. So yep. anyway, that's, that's my rant, yep. but it's more yep. of a really big concern in my book. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the one of my big concerns coming out of today's game was just lack of fight. I thought the Raiders took it to us from a, a physicality standpoint. Mm-hmm. We never really punched back. Well, Tim Patrick yeah, punched. We did. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but he's one of the other guys who fights. On, yeah. uh, I mean, literally, not literally. Well, yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally. But he's one, I think, that kind of gives it his all on offense. Yeah. Um, he, he had a bad game last week against Atlanta. And didn't do a ton today, but he was. I stopped playing hard until he got kicked out. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need more guys like that on the offense side. I think we have some on defense. We yeah. just don't have enough on offense right now, and uh, it goes back to leadership. Yep, uh, this is a reoccurring discussion. It is, it is, it's it's, it's boring at this point, but it it's, is. It's, it's it's a concern. So I'll just say, if you're if you want to hear our take on leadership uh, on the team, go and listen to any of our recent podcasts uh, or even the shows, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll you'll get our uh, our take on the whole situation. But you're right, and. You know, it, it was very apparent early on in the game that the Raiders were just fired up. You know, there yeah. is bad blood between the Broncos and Raiders. And sure. one, there should be because there are, I, I don't care what David says, there are number one, you know, enemies. They're a rival. Yeah. They're yeah. A rival. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hate the Chiefs. Yeah, I hate uh, the Chargers. But when it comes to the Raiders, I loathe them. I absolutely mm-hmm. loathe them. And you can tell that the the players feel that same way. And so when the, the Raiders went out there and they made a couple big plays and they were just – you could tell how fired up they were. And the Broncos just look flat, you yep. know? I mean. It, I mean, we have one touchdown in the last for five first halves. Oh, God, ow. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. That's just flat. That is the definition of flat football. And it's not getting better. It's every week we dig ourselves in a hole. Yep. And this week, the Raiders actually for a while were just begging us to come back and take the game, and we, we couldn't. Yeah. I mean, we should have been – in the lead at halftime, we should have scored there. Mm-hmm. On the, that was neglated. We the scoring play that was neglated by Noah Fan holding in the pick. We should have been in the lead at halftime. We're at worst, one down going into half. Maybe it's a whole different ball game. I felt like that scenario just flipped the whole game on its head, and the Broncos could never get back on foot. Um, and the third quarter was horrific. Like, right. like you mentioned. Yeah. So if you remember right, how much time of possession Atlanta had last week, roughly? Half, three quarters, two thirds. Yeah, I knew it was a lot. It was about two thirds. Uh, same exact story. I want to think, I'd say it's to the minute. I'll have to check. Uh, Broncos only had a little more than 23 minutes, and the Raiders had almost 37 minutes of uh, time of possession there. Well, what was and the third down conversion percentage? Because I feel like the Raiders got a lot, converted a lot of third downs today. Today. Early on, they didn't. Early on, they struggled a couple times, I think. Uh, maybe middle of the game, second quarter-ish. Mm-hmm. They were 6 for 13, and we were 7 for 15. Okay, it's pretty similar. But I think early on, and you know, there there has been a history over recent games or the season so far that the Raiders aren't good on third down, sure. um, which is par- partially why their offense is so, uh, you know, just not good. Well, well and coming in today on, on the Raiders' defense at three – interceptions on the year today and they had four yep. today alone. Yep. And you know, this was supposed to be a confidence builder for the Broncos. This is the worst ranked defense uh, in the Raiders, at least before today. 
uh, yeah, our offense was, I think, 31st or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. this was this was a, just another opportune chance to go out there and get some confidence. You know, last week against the Falcons, one, yeah, they they turned things around since Dan Quinn got fired. But, you know, they're still a beatable team. We could have gone 500 uh, on the season so far, being at four and four, and we blew that. And today we came in, it's like, look, this offense has been horrendous lately. Let's go out there. Let's get something going. Let's get something that we can build off of some confidence moving forward. And they completely blew that. And so I'm just seeing this team given opportunities, you know, over the first eight, nine games, you know, in the season that we just, just refuse to take advantage of. Squandered, squandered opportunities. And now we're really in the meat of the schedule where we're going to start playing some good defenses that are very well coached. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very, um, very, very concerning. So one of the big keys that I had for today's game was obviously stop Jacobs and stop the running game. At least, <laughs> at least hold them down. And like, you know, if that, that, and well, yeah, another thing that they just squandered, right. Just couldn't. Yeah. Do. Um, but you know, Shelby Harris, obviously we're missing him terribly. Sure. Um, but that that was that was what killed us, man. We couldn't, and we had the we were tied for the fourth best run defense in the league before this game, and there was every reason to believe that we could at least hold them to a a average or slightly below average performance, you know. Um, but we didn't. They had five point four yards per carry on average, and they were just going up the middle most of yeah. the yeah, yeah. Like, it wasn't like they're getting fancy around the outside. They were just punching <laughs> us right in the gut, and it was working. Yeah, it was their line was overpowering our line, and Jacobs could do whatever he wanted. Yep, and because of that, they let it open up the pass game. You know, it was like anything that could have gone wrong today did go wrong. It just felt like the spirit broke uh, there in the third quarter for the Broncos, and then the Raiders knew they had us in the palm of their hands. And uh, I just hope it doesn't cause too many internal issues. I don't want locker room divide or anything like that. It didn't seem. It doesn't seem, at least with the eye test, that there's like bad blood between. But obviously, at some point, the defense, and we've talked about this in previous years, at some point, the defense is going to look across the room and say, "You know, we're getting banged up pretty bad on this side of the ball, and we're out there for 37 minutes of the game." While you guys are out there getting nice water breaks, stretching, relaxing, catching your breath. Mm-hmm. And more or less doing nothing. And so look, they're they're professionals, they're gonna go out there and give it their all every play. But when it you know, but when it comes to supporting each other and being on a team, at some point there's gotta be at least something internal to the players saying, Yeah, come on, you gotta help us out. You have to do something to help us out. And they're just not doing it. Especially if if you have um more games going forward where you have multiple turnovers. Oh, That's not gonna sit well with the defense when if your quarterback's throwing four interceptions and you're having a fumble also on top of it. If you're having five turnovers, yep. it's not gonna sit well. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, I don't know. It's uh I mean the defense had Boye back today and Calham back, which I thought Calham played pretty well. Yeah. Um, so they got some guys back. I mean, they're getting healthier on the defense side of the ball, but uh wasn't a great game for the defense, but of course it wasn't uh, as ugly as the offense or special teams. But again, first half the defense again held yeah, they, yeah, the game they were, for us. It, it kind of like they were bending, they were bending, they weren't breaking, and they finally broke, and then then the floodgates were out. Yep, exactly. And I think at that point, yeah, I, again, I'm not gonna look at any of them and say, yeah, they're they're doing it on purpose. Obviously, no, right? like, it's still their no. team. And but is there going to be bad blood? I think at some point, it's maybe not bad blood, but they're going to be like, we know what you're going to do when you go out on the field. I'm going to get a five minute break. I'm going to be out here for 20 minutes again. And, yeah. and that's where it comes down to the coaches. I mean, you don't want to lose a team when they kind of lose any point um, they have to play for. Yeah. What, what, you know, it gets to the point, what's there left to play for, for us. And that's where yeah. it comes on coaching. And, and I understand we haven't had Ed Donatel around the last two weeks due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's recovering well and can come back. But um, yeah, I mean, I get that. Everybody's going through the COVID stuff at different levels throughout every team but uh yeah that's 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 where it's kind of get concerning I mean, we're three and six like i mentioned earlier for the fourth straight year when the mm-hmm. playoffs aren't mathematically out like like <laughs> likes to you know point out a lot and he, he's right um but it's uh we're at we're at a concerning point i i think i said last week going into this game this was kind of the 
which direction the season going to go. They yeah. can go one or two directions, and today was I think not a good step in the right direction. But, you know, uh, here at Orange Weekly, we're going to be here every week, uh, sure no matter what. Uh, this is our fifth year, and uh, we're not going to stop anytime soon. But it would be nice for us to look forward to, uh, you know, at this point in the season and say, yeah, we have good things ahead. But you're right. When we got Miami coming to town, I think we're still winless at home this season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they and are. Yep. 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 So we've had three road wins. Uh, which is our all three wins, and we are winless at home, and I don't expect it to be any different. Oh, we beat the Chargers at home. Oh, we did. Okay, so we have one. We had New England and had New York Jets, and we beat the Chargers at home. Okay, yep, okay, okay. So I stand corrected. Thanks for fact-checking me. Uh, I just had to think in my head real quick. I was wrong, too, for a minute there. You know, I'm hoping me going to uh, the Miami game next week will be the the little bit of energy they need. Sure. Oh, oh shit! Kev Dan from Orange Weekly yeah, is here. Well, like, oh, we got to step it up, guys. <laughs> we all know Kev Dan's got to bring the energy. Hopefully, the Broncos can replicate it too. Exactly right. So, uh, <laughs> but I like to see at least somewhat close of a game. Sure. But you know what? I, I'm just gonna be honest here and say, if the team relies on Melvin Gore, not Philip Lindsay, I, I, I can't see us doing well at all. Look, I mean, we had 4.6 rush yards, or uh, uh, yeah, average yards per rush today or whatever. Um, and that's, that's okay. But if you don't see any breakout plays like you do from Philip Lindsay, you know, Melvin Gordon just doesn't have that extra gear, you know? And again, Philip Lindsay's the life of this team. It's like, if you want to look at an identity for the offense, I think it revolves around Philip Lindsay. You stop putting him out on the field. I, nah, I don't know. He turned the whole charger game around yep. with a long touchdown run. That yep. uh, got it got us within 14 points at the time because we were dead in the water until he did that and that turned everything around, brought some juices, got some juices flowing for the whole team. And if we want to beat Miami, we got to start doing it on the ground. We're not going to beat them through the air. Their defense secondary is too good, and on the defense side of the ball, we got to get pressure on Tua and enforcements into some turnovers because uh, he he can run it too a little bit. I mean he's a he's a he's an athlete. Um, Miami's well coached. Brian Flores is doing a good job there, so it's uh, it's gonna be a challenge for sure. But um, still looking forward to it. So I'm looking at these numbers again, and this was a big point of contention last week, um, or at least a big uh, point to talk about. We had 47 passing attempts and 19 rush attempts. So yeah, you're well- looking at roughly. Yeah, 60-some plays there, and you're passing for about two-thirds, if not more of them. Keep digging ourselves out of a hole. I mean, you get down a couple scores, then you have to uh, get away from yeah. the game. You, you, can't, you, you can't continue to run take time on the clock. You have to right. score it. And, 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 of course, and, and then that's going to lead to more opportunities to turn the ball over, too. But yeah. uh, just, just sloppy on the pass game today. I mean, uh, I, I don't think anybody really played well uh, no. in the pass game. I thought the – the pass protection wasn't that great. I mean, Drew was running around a lot. Uh, Jerry Duty did some good things, but there's other times I'm like, his field awareness needs to get a little better. Oh, yeah. Here and there. Uh, Noah Fant wasn't much of an, um, a threat today. Hamler mm-hmm. had a couple catches, but nothing spectacular. Hamilton did have a touchdown. Tim Patrick was trying his hardest and then got thrown out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> just nobody, nobody deserves a game ball on the, no, on the no. passing aspect of offense today. No. So, I'm just saying, yeah, when you get in your hole, obviously you have to start leaning on the pass game for sure. But if we're going to be dedicated to the run game, one, you got to be dedicated to it. I think even in the first half, there wasn't much dedication to it. And I'm sorry, Melvin Gordon needs to be, I know you're paying him more, but Melvin Gordon's not going to stick around for years. He's on one year contract and you know, one, he doesn't deserve 15 million. Uh, so he's not going to oh, stick around. Two year contract. Two year con- oh, great. Year, next year over fifteen million over the two years. I thought that's what it was, but I could be mistaken. Either way, do you see my excited face right now? Yeah, yeah it's the, the listeners can't see it, but it's glowing people it is just glowing from ear to ear. <laughs> Ouch. Okay. Uh, either way, look, it, you got to give the ball to Lindsay. Yeah, if you definitely. don't, if you don't run it close to fifty percent of that time, maybe forty percent at the least, and and uh, Philip Lindsay doesn't have 70 plus percent of those touches, then you're doing more harm to good on the uh, offense and you're doing more harm in the long run because Philip Lindsay probably isn't going to be around for very long. Well, and I, I hate to say it. 
and I said this last week, and I'm going to repeat myself, the de- definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. The Broncos are pathetic right now in the first half on offense. Change something up. Change yep. it up. Whether it's giving Lindsey more carries or going a little more up-tempo, no huddle. I don't know. Try something. Yeah, Try something. something different. For the love of God, your scripted plays aren't working, and, and, and this team has proven they are not good at fighting from behind. Yep. We try to get the lead and hang on to it. We did that. That worked pretty well against the <laughs> Patriots. Yeah. So right. I'm all for that. Jeez. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have to say about today's yeah, game. Obviously, I it's don't have a lot. Many more thoughts. Yeah. I will say that today's podcast is brought to you by Jared's Mustache. Uh, so we appreciate <laughs> that. Um, it's our newest sponsor here at Orange Weekly. Looks so. great with the half a hat. <laughs> Uh, they announced that on the the post or the pregame podcast, so I figured we'd make it known here as well that uh, it's official. Um, <laughs> signed the paperwork the other day, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> send it send in the fax machine. Exactly. Who <laughs> <laughs> <He> uses faxes? <laughs> that was Doomerville. Uh, sorry. Nah. <laughs> still hurts. Yep. You know what else hurts? looking through uh, for car insurance or other types of insurance and dealing with some of these major companies, it hurts sometimes, you know, you're like, Oh, this is not what I want to do. It's, it's annoying. It's painful. You're trying to go through all these numbers and maybe some of them don't make sense. And you're just like, I don't, I don't know. These, these quotes look high. What does it all mean? Right? Well, if you have questions and you want to get a different uh, quote from a company that's going to be honest with you, uh, give Centennial state insurance agency a call, smaller company, but they are the insurance agents uh, agency that have the people there that care about you. They care about your family. They care about your situation. So if you get insurance through them, first off, if they're not the best fit for them, uh, or for you, then they're going to tell you straight up. They, they did that to me. Exactly. They said, look, based on what's going on, you're probably not, uh, or we're probably not the best choice for you right now. Uh, but here's why, and here's what all this means. And you're not going to get that from a uh, larger corporation, insurance corporation. And, you know, something that might rhyme with uh, BIPO or something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're, they're trustworthy, they're honest. And if something, God forbid, were ever, ever to happen, uh, you'd have a dedicated insurance agent that you know that will answer the phone, that knows you, they know your family, they know your situation, like I said earlier. Uh, and, and you're not going to wait on hold for 30 minutes and hope that somebody maybe in India eventually answers, you know, before they go off shift for the day. So anyway, give them a call. They're fantastic people. Highly recommend them. Uh, so do many others. They have a lot of five-star reviews online. So check them out. Centennial State Insurance Agency, 303-838-0554. Perfect. Good stuff, right? Very good stuff. Great segue. I like it. Uh, I guess before we go into our other plugs, do you have any other thoughts maybe about today or moving forward? I know it's been a pretty bummer of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to make it. I mean, I think we're, we're still making it enjoyable. Oh, yeah. for the uh, okay. I just uh, burned the tape. Burn the tape. Every week, burn it. Literally, I never want to think about this game again. I, I was telling Kevin Dan before we recorded. I living in Indiana, of course. I don't get a ton of the games on TV, so I have to find different ways to watch it. And we have a Wings Etc. here in the town I live in, which carries all the games on DirecTV. So I went there and watched it. This is the second time I could ever remember getting up and leaving my table before the end of the game. And actually, the other time was way back in 2010 when the Raiders just killed us at home. I think it was like 59-14 or something. I watched, right. I watched a half. I'm like, this is freaking garbage. Well, today after the Raiders got up 30-6, to six, I said, yeah, I'm not. I've stayed here for three hours. I'm not sitting here any longer. <laughs> so hopefully next Sunday I don't have to do that, uh, particularly yeah. since, I mean, we're playing the Dolphins. One of my best friends is a Dolphins fan, and I don't want to give him any bragging rights. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But, uh, nope, we'll still be here. Of course, coming to you and recapping the game, and hopefully we're re- recapping a win. But the Broncos just have to play a lot, lot better in every aspect of, of the game. Um, just very, very sloppy and F, in my opinion, today. There's no other way to put it. So. F minus minus. F minus minus. That works even better. Besides <laughs> McManus. McManus, you were good today. Um, well, yeah. Keep, yeah. He keeps making that four-year contract extension look like a like a good deal. So uh, You're telling me. He's been the MVP of the team, me. arguably, right now, and that's saying something win is a kicker. So, yeah. 
but um, something to build around, right? <laughs> yeah, something to build around, and I just, yeah, what a what a what a miserable Sunday of football. Well, you know, uh, like you said, burn the tape. There's nothing to learn this uh, from this game other than to to not do all of that yep. ever again. Do uh, the opposite. Do the opposite. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, that's the good thing about football is game's over and you know, learn lessons, but it's, you got to focus the next week. Now, you know, we're going sure. on to, to beat Miami as they come to town and the pregame podcast, will have that all wrapped up for you guys ready to listen to on about Thursday. Usually um, with that, obviously we have a ton of other content. We have Monday night, orange weekly after dark at 9 PM mountain time on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. We also have Tuesday night, the flagship show bourbon Broncos, no BS at 7 PM mountain time. Same Bring your questions. What was that? Bring your questions. Bring your questions. Bring your questions. Hot and heavy. Oh, yeah. I mean, (laughs) first off, the fans we have for the halftime hash today, which is another show we do live at halftime every Broncos game. A ton of questions, ton of viewers. I couldn't keep up. It was phenomenal. So, yeah, look, our saying here is fans, brews, and Broncos news, and there's a reason that fans are at the top of that list because it's exactly why we're here is to bring you all this great independent uh, content. So, um, yeah, pregame podcast, postgame podcast. Check out Ragers if you're into sports betting at all, or maybe if you're not, you just want to hear the betting lines or – um, learn about what Vegas is thinking. Uh, it's a great, it's a different take on a pregame show because you hear what the betting odds are. And then Raymond explains to you, not just what Betsy's taking and why, but what Betsy's not taking and why. And in that you get a whole, well, here's how I think the team's going to do based off these betting lines. So definitely check out the Ragers podcast. That's R A Y G E R S. Uh, and then the halftime hash, uh, and the pregame live show. So we got a ton of stuff here for all of you, uh, pretty much every single week and we're not going anywhere. So it's good stuff, man. We're busy here at orange weekly. Oh, and our website, uh, broncosorangeweekly.com. Check us out there. I think you covered it all. It's a lot, man. It it's kind of cool to have that much stuff to talk about. He, he does it folks without a script in front of him or anything. Just right off the top of his head. It's pretty impressive. Five years of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, right? So good stuff. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we, we we rebound and take care of the fish next week. That's what we got to do. I like it. Take care of the fish. Uh-huh. I'm gonna use that this week. I like All it. Right. <laughs> hey, if uh, if we win, you got to offer to uh, take your friend out for a nice fish dinner and see what he says. I don't think he likes seafood, but I'll try. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Just be like, hey, yeah. you know. You, if if the Broncos win, I'll take you out for a fish dinner. Yeah, I'll bring that up. See if he, see, we'll see what kind of reaction. I already offered to watch the game with them, or if I could watch the game. No, I am not. Bring fish it. sticks then. Fish sticks, I like it. Yes, definitely <laughs> doing that. I like that. <laughs> Perfect. Just saying. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's all I got, Tanner. Man, that's all I got too. Besides, I think there's only one more thing to say. Always go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.